It is the center of your life. It is everything you hear. Everything you see. Everything you feel. It is everything you are. How would you know if someone stole your mind? Arrest that woman! Quaid. Cut. Get ready for a surprise! We can't let him run around. He knows too much. They've got your bug. I get a lock. There! And the bug's in your skull. Take this thing out of the case and stick it up your nose. Don't worry, it's self-guiding. Got him. I lost him. Welcome to Mars. You got a lot of nerve showing your face around here. Look who's talking. your identity and implanted a new one if i'm not me who the hell am i He's got a hologram. welcome to johnny cab drive where can i take you tonight please fasten your seatbelt. i want quay delivered alive for re-implantation that's for making me come to mars you wouldn't hurt me after all we're married Consider that a divorce. We hope you enjoyed the ride. Welcome to the Film Hole Podcast. I'm your host, uh, Trevor. Been a while. But anyways, we're back for some amount of time. Really up to date yeah, on our new releases then. This this week we're talking about a 1992 movie. So we've really like uh, thrown any sort of like timely relevance into the wind. 92? Uh, were you born in 92? I was born. I was born the same year that this movie was born. Nice. Um, and my social security number is... <laughs> I haven't uh, had this much fun since we used to ride in your first car, uh, black <laughs> Honda Civic. It's funny that you mentioned that because I just have this story about my mother's maiden name that I wanted to tell you. <laughs> Could that possibly be? Oh, Trevor, uh, you're my best childhood friend. We just are each other. That's other's. always one of them, yeah. <laughs> have you seen instinct. this movie before? Uh, no. Uh, I'm going to read the synopsis of it really quick okay. and then we can discuss if... We think it's accurate. A former, uh, a former rock star, Johnny Boz, Boz, right? That's how you say it. Oh, Johnny sorry, Boz. dude. I should have. This is. I'm just realizing this. I did not watch this movie. You didn't watch this movie? I didn't get a chance to. That the night I said I was going to, I didn't get a chance to. Oh well, why didn't you tell me that? I thought we were doing that other movie. What other movie? Total Recall. Yeah, yeah, Total Recall. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. 
I we should still really we just I was really fully ready to basic. talk about this movie. Did you watch Total Recall? Have you seen Total I did, Recall? I, I did watch Total Recall. Okay, recently I, or just I was from... I was looking at this and I'm like, it's a two word title, and my brain didn't even register that it wasn't the same movie. I I said the words Basic in- Instinct a few times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Already. And I was um, looking up Basic Instinct earlier because I because I just it was on topic. Huh. Let's put okay, this out well, as the Basic Instinct episode, and just like three minutes in. It'll be for a completely different movie. Well, we we could make the decision to leave that little exchange in like in the recording. Sure. And then um, continue to talk about Total Recall. Or another funny way to spin it is that we re- re-release just like 60 seconds of audio for like Basic Instinct. Basic Instinct like, Part 1. <laughs> Part one. We should do, I mean, since you suggested it, I think that I had some questions specific to you about the movie. So now I'm a little unprepared for Total Recall. But we should do Basic Instinct, like maybe next week or something when you've had time to watch it. That's great. So you're completely thrown off. Yeah, completely. Um, (laughs) Just completely unprepared now. I mean, I didn't do too much prep. I'm very familiar. You with just watched that one scene over and over again. What scene? The basic instinct, uh, the chair scene. Chairs. I mean, that's the only scene that I know about it. The famous one, you know, with the with the legs. Yes. Um, the, the erotic scene. You know how? Uh, actually, yes. Basic instinct came up again recently, um, and we were going to watch it uh, prior to any of, of our discussion about it because we saw it come up in The Sopranos. Oh, okay. Cool. Uh, I think it was like in Chris's apartment, and they were on, they were they were watching the chair scene. Okay, yeah. Uh, I mean, it was she, a phenomenon that movie yeah, for yeah, yeah, that yeah. reason. Um, it brought it me back me to that time period where I remember in that time period, two thousand four or five, which is much later than the movie came out, but nonetheless, it was in the culture that scene. Yeah, kind of like uh, older kids would talk about it and. Yeah, pre pre internet, it served like a purpose, the same kind of purpose that Titanic served for a while. My friend would like sneak a VHS tape out of his parents' room, like during sleepovers for Titanic. Maybe this movie too, Basic Instinct. Oh, for uh, the nudity. Yeah, for the nudity. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes, for the nudity. Okay, so total total recall. Let's uh, let's switch gears here to. So the other Verhoeven, Verhoeven movie came out in 1990, so just two years prior to what we were just talking about. And the synopsis is Douglas Quaid, played by Schwarzenegger, is haunted, is haunted by a recurring dream about a journey to Mars. He hopes to find out more about this dream and buys a holiday at Recall Incorporated, where they sell implanted memories. But something goes wrong with memory implantation, and he remembers being a secret agent fighting against the evil Mars administrator. Cohagen. Now the story really begins, and it's a roller coaster ride until the massive end of the movie. What the fuck is this? What kind of synopsis is that? I think that that is just a fan submitted thing. It was on. I was on IMDb. Uh, okay. You know this, what I'm realizing this, now? This sounds a lot better. What? Trevor, I have an admission to make. I what? watched Starship Troopers. Are you serious? Are you fucking <laughs> with me now? <laughs> Okay. I mean, yeah, that that's basically it. I'll give you one more. Um, what I realized I read was just like some fucking uh, jerk offs like 
uh, submission on this page on IMDb, which I guess you can do now. When a man goes into the virtual vacation uh, of the planet Mars, implanted in his mind, an unexpected and harrowing series of events forces him to go to the planet for real. Or is he? I find what did you know about this movie going in? Preferable. Going in? I mean, I've seen this mm-hmm. movie tens of times, probably. So I'm very familiar with it. I think that only recently, whether it was the most recent watch or within the last, like, I don't know, 10 years of my life, I felt like I came to a conclusion on what's going on in the movie versus uh, like all other times I saw it previously where I wasn't quite sure if the, um, you know, if everything is supposed to be real or if like the whole point of it is that it's an illusion. Okay. And like that's that's kind of the point, right, is it leaves you like sort of ambiguous um, and you're not you're not really sure what's what's real. But I remember comically so for the amount of times that I had seen this movie, if it came up in conversation, I'd be like, yeah, man, I've seen Total Recall like, like six or seven times and I still don't know like if he went to Mars or not, you know, mm-hmm. and now I well, think I do. You're saying That's you, di- you think you have you go one direction or the other. As to yeah, the... I think that I like generally feel one way about it now. Whether I'm right or not is kind of irrelevant. But in the past, I was just like, I have no idea. Uh huh. And I don't, I don't think the movie goes to great lengths to really make you feel confused about it. I think it, it, it tries to present itself as like pretty transparent. Like it's not like a Christopher Nolan movie where it's trying to be some sort of mind-bending movie. Mm-hmm. The ambiguity is sort of just like a product of the plot. But the way the movie is telling the story, it, it seems like it should be pretty straightforward. Okay. So do you think that, you know, he never was a secret agent, basically? No, I that think it's he all was. a simulation. Oh, so you, you think that? I think oh, it's okay. real. I think it's real. A lot of I'm sure there's some like theories out there as to the opposite, but there's just a lot of evidence that I mentally logged that I think all kind of point to. Ah, it's interesting. To, it's interesting. To be real. See, by the end of it, I thought the movie was kind of like leaning towards it being the simulation. Okay. What do you, what's your reasoning for that? Well, like maybe the, the first reason I'll bring up is just how outlandish the action seems. Uh-huh. It's like video game violence. Uh-huh. And, you know, it is an 80s movie, but it, it felt to me that it was kind of uh, like self-aware in its over-the-topness almost like satire level yeah that's what starship Uh, troopers does too mm, yeah that movie is like sort of ridiculous on purpose but is it though you know uh, the guy who made it he's like pretty famously like eccentric and weird yeah yeah so there's like part of me that could believe that it's just i don't think that he thinks it's uh sincere but i I don't think It, it could just be like the way that he makes a movie you know it might not yes. be like making a choice to be that way. It's just mm-hmm. what he likes to do. We were trying to kind of figure that out, Stacy and I, like, because we expect that level of action and kind of cartooniness. So, yeah, we just we couldn't quite put it together. If it's a simulation or not, or if the, yeah. it's, it's, if it's genuinely like satirical. Yeah, both, both. And like the second will would influence my, yeah, basically what I thought. Yeah. But what else do you guys, what else makes you think that it is, um, in fact, real? 
I mean, you could you could make the argument that this is like intentional, like misdirection. But if you're just trying to like look at on screen like clues instead of like getting meta about like what like what seems real and what isn't from like a uh, storytelling perspective, if you're just looking for like clues, like evidence, that scene where he what he's like an administrator, he's someone who like works for Recall, like comes into the hotel room. Like with Sharon Stone, and he's like, "Hey, I'm not actually here. Like mm, you're in a, right, um, right. you're still sitting in the recall chair, um, and we're just, I've been artificially inserted in your brain to try and get you out of here, and like, it's all just like a big bluff because Quaid sees him sweating and like shoots him in the head. Oh yeah, and that's like pretty like uh, tactile, like conclusive evidence for like that person was telling a fiction about what was actually going on but you know if the movie at, is as meta as you you're saying it is it could certainly just be that's all part of it you know still a simulation despite that yeah um and i'm open-minded like we, we sweat in a simulation yeah i'm open-minded to it but i like uh i don't know if it's trying to go that deep yeah when did, when did you see it like for this when did you watch it a couple of days ago a couple of days ago Okay. Mm-hmm. When was the time that you'd seen it prior to that? I don't think I'd ever fully seen it. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is not an 80s movie, just FYI. This is 1990. Wow. It's so, a child of the 80s. Yeah. You can really just think of the 90s as a, as more 80s. An the extension late, of, late 80s. The late, late 80s. We said that in another episode or something. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Well, that's interesting. Uh, so I have a lot of history of this movie, so I don't really know like where to start um so you having like an initial reaction to it maybe contextualize the level of awareness you had before and then what your reaction was to it did it meet exceed your expectation yeah it definitely exceeded i i never knew that it had this kind of angle uh like the main angle of doubting whether or not he is really who the movie puts him out to be you thought it was more just like sci-fi action Robocop yeah, yeah. kind of like thing. Like the scene yeah. you always see is like the Mars scene and the the eyes bulging out when, when they're in the, the vacuum of Mars. That's a shot that I had in my memory from yeah. who knows when. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a pretty striking so, image. It's uh, really upsetting. Yeah, yeah. Dude, lots of the prosthetics and mm-hmm. effects on this movie are awesome. Oh, yeah. Like that stomach twin guy, yeah, the mutants. Quado, um, he's the stomach mutant, yeah, the, the psychic one. Rick and Morty just great. had an episode about that. Really? Yeah, it's pretty funny. Um, Rick and Morty's not so great these days, uh, but the one of the more recent ones I watched was there's a whole like race of uh, Quados, like that little guy, and all they can say is "Open your mind." Like they can't <laughs> say any other words. Uh-huh. There's like a like a black market, like organ harvesting market for them. People harvest like quados from other humans, and then they'll put them on the black market and like artificially install them onto <laughs> people who do want quados. Yeah, pretty funny. So like regular people want the thing sticking out of their abdomen. Yeah, they're opting in. They're opting in. Black market customers. 
<laughs> what do you think about like the? This is something I always thought was interesting: is uh, the mutants. Uh, you know, there's mutants in other movies, and I guess the, maybe the X Men was one of the first to do this. But I always forget that the mutants are like psychic. That psychic powers is sort of just a uh, it's a next step for like human evolution. Same yeah, thing in yeah. like Starship Troopers, where it's just like we're alive or mutating long enough that we just develop psychic powers. That's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they have like that, that same idea exactly phrased like that. They're like, this may be a new leg in human evolution Mm -hmm. with with respects to like the, the Neil Patrick Harris scenes. Right. Uh, So what do you, what do you think of that? Just how there's like a weird second class citizen, like group of people on Mars who they're all like super, like low class and oppressed, but they're also like they're literally like superheroes. Like they can see the future yeah, yeah, and stuff. Yeah. yeah, they're cool. They're cool. I love how like they're like they're kind of like in the ghetto area of the solar system. Yeah, Mar. It's funny. Got- you should, this is another reason for you to go play Starfield because this is it's kind of reflected in that game. They have ghetto planets. Like yes. Low income poverty whole yes. planets. Correct. That's a cool sci-fi idea. I feel like I've never... That feels new to me. Uh, Low-income planets? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, surely Star Wars had something like that. Well, like a tattoo. Right? Tatooine's rough like, and it's tough. Like a, it's a rural planet. It's like the country. Um, fuck, which is the one where, like, the Han Solo shoots that guy under the table? Uh, I think that's still Tatooine. I, yeah. I don't know. But certainly, like, that, that concept exists. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. ghetto planets in some form or another i like how in every uh sci-fi movie that uh, a planet is perfectly summarized by the only settlement that the main characters can go to you know yeah, yeah like yeah. we have a whole planet that has like top to bottom every type of like socioeconomic situation and then like you go to a planet in star wars and it's like oh the whole planet is like nebraska you know like this whole fucking planet is the same it's like the most like monoculture place you've ever been right in terms of like the geology and climate and everything like ice planet desert planet yeah forest planet and the and the people who live there you know it's like if you go to coruscant that's just like the whole planet is a city uh-huh. And all, like all the people are this like the same type of people in the city. It's like planets are like much smaller in sci-fi. Is all I'm saying. There's like no diversity on them. No. Well, maybe that's the canon reason that Earth is so cool in the universe. Like it's people from other planets. They hear about Earth. They're like they have like deserts, forests, Arctic. Mm-hmm. All on one planet. It's crazy. It's like a novelty. Yeah. I've been listening to a lot of Brian Cox like the last week or so. You know how it is? Yeah, if, uh, he's like a physicist. Yeah, like a, he's a British physicist. He's sort of like British Neil deGrasse Tyson, but like not annoying. Yeah. He's nice to listen to. Not quite like Carl Sagan nice, but like I find his voice pleasing and he talks mm-hmm. about interesting stuff. But he, a lot of my content recently has been him talking about us being the only civilization in the solar system and in the galaxy and how that makes us pretty cool. We got everything here. Quoted someone when you have like a 
complex enough uh, organism that it starts exploring the universe. It's like the universe's like way of exploring itself because we're just like a super like evolved like set of uh, cells, and then we start like thinking about like the fact that we're cells. We're like the yeah, only, we're the only thing that does that like nearby. I've heard the like the version of that that goes more like like we are like humanity is the universe thinking is the universe consciously aware of itself or something like that yeah um, we are of the one in the same with the universe just like we're a part of that system and we're we yeah. look at it think about it yeah i mean if we're yeah if we're just like a product of like super complex like evolution over billions of years we are just like an extension of like the natural process mm -hmm. we're all we're star just, stuff dude we're just doing our job exploring uh, but it's he cool that in this movie that like uh, that you know so earth is like objectively one of the better of the planets in the solar system certainly it's the best uh, one. yeah it's the best one so like it makes sense that the mars colony would be like poor and oppressed and they have no rights or anything and yeah earth is it, where all the cool people are at right i think that that at the time might have been some sort of I don't know, it probably exists in some like older sci-fi, but I feel like it, that wasn't a super like mainstream interpretation of like other like sci-fi communities. Like sure, if we colonized sure. another planet, immediately that planet would be like more high class than us. Utopia, yeah. Yeah, it's another planet. We have, who knows the reason why, but like that would just be the impression. So I feel like this movie is sidestepping that expectation by deliberately making it uh yeah lower like lower class people and it makes sense like it has like a logical reason for why that exists that it like the planet would it would have to be like mostly industrial focused like when you were getting the colony started so like you would need workers like laborers to like get a lot of that stuff going um and it's just like sort of um unpleasant like it's the planet is not as habitable as right right uh, as earth would be so it's both like not preferable and if you're going to colonize it you, you the main people you need there are just lower lower class like blue collar people there's a really great show out uh you should watch it if you haven't heard of it it's called fired on mars it's on hbo it's an animated show fired on mars. uh luke wilson is the main voice guy which i just i love the way that guy talks he sounds like it's just a normal guy. I can't really even think. Yeah, of he's kind of you know, kind of like a dopey guy, just kind of, just kind of easygoing. You know, <laughs> he's Owen Wilson's brother, so it, it's like yeah, he yeah. has a little bit of that in it. That's but the show good. is really cool. The, the premise is is that there is this company on Mars. It's called Marsly, Mars dot ly. So it's kind of got like that douchey tech company vibe, kind of like it. a Bitly, like the mm -hmm. URL mm -hmm. shortener. Yeah, and so it's exactly what it is. It's this kind of douchey tech company mm -hmm. in space with that kind of culture and it's in the first episode luke wilson's character who's a graphic designer with them uh you would love it just for that it's got some like real good is it like uh last few years yeah yeah cool uh but in the first episode he gets fired from his job on mars and so he's like well what happens now because like this colony is like the company's colony right yeah if i don't work here and they're like <laughs> it's just like very brutal they're like well um like we're gonna put you in hibernation 
because like <laughs> we're not gonna just like you have no money and we're like we're not gonna let you you don't work here wow <laughs> that's insane <laughs> it's a pretty fun show it's that similar sort of uh dystopia in um sorry to bother you when like in pl- employee uh-huh. housing is like pretty ubiquitous with anyone who is employed and it makes the premise of that just being on mars is pretty funny huh okay you want me to read a little bit of this total recall plot to you see if anything jumps out yeah yeah please okay do you want to share the screen while you do that i'd love to share it in 2084 mars is a colonized world under the tyrannical oh. regime of vilos cohagen vilos okay uh, who controls the mining of valuable turbinium? Is that a real element? I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> turbinium ore. On Earth, construction worker Douglas Quaid experiences recurring dreams about Mars and a mysterious woman. Intrigued, he visits Recall, a company that implants realistic false memories and chooses on chooses one set on Mars with a blue sky. Why is that parenthesized there? Is that um, like a- I don't know what it's referring to, or I, I don't know. Huh. Do you remember this blue sky bit? No, but this is, this seems like something added by a, a um, uh-huh. user, pretty like tongue-in-cheek, where he is a Martian secret agent. However, before the implant completed, uh, Quaid lashes out, already thinking he's a secret agent, believing Cohagen's agency has suppressed Quaid's memories. The recall employees erase evidence of Quaid's visit and send him home. That's paragraph one. This reminded me of something. Another reason that I, that I think it might be a simulation is because in the scene when he's he's at recall mm-hmm. and fuck I like I just kind of want to rewatch the scene, but there is a point where like somebody says to him, they're like explaining to him the secret agent package, and they kind of go through like the whole plot of the movie in broad strokes to him. They're like, "You're gonna become like the messiah of the underground before like ultimately returning to like be back on the bad sides." bad guys side mm-hmm. they said something like this uh i don't know if they say i mean maybe i just don't remember i don't know if that messiah bit is in there i do remember him in broad stroke saying like rest assured by like the end you'll have like killed the bad guys gotten the girl and something else and that was like the broad strokes recap of the movie that i remember um, but maybe it's more specific than that. The most damning evidence in that sequence for it it being a simulation or whatever evidence in support of it being a simulation is that they show like a render of a woman in like the like the preview to like this is like the simulation you're about to go into. Here's like their love interest. Here's like the character model for her. And it is like the real girl who he meets later Mm. like the brunette that he has dreamt about and i think that the movie explains it as like he was dreaming about it and so it was already like in his brain and so they (laughs) were able to read that maybe maybe i just made that up but i think i I remember what you're referring to yeah but the uh, the woman just like being there at all is sort of a thing that messes with Mm. your interpretation of like is this real or not because if you see her on the computer screen like why would she be there if she wasn't like an artificial character but it is technology that's like inside your brain to a certain extent so i don't know like is it possible that he was hooked up at that point it's possible you know Um, it's like it's like a simulation 
that mixes with you. And so kind mm-hmm. of like in the same way that you dream, you're kind of that's filling what, it in with uh Well, that's what they that's what he says later on where they do address I think it might be in that hotel room scene that I referred to earlier where the 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 guy from Recall comes in. They mentioned the girl. They were like, "How would the, that girl be here if it's like the girl that you picked out like in Recall?" Mm-hmm. Like how would that person like actually really be here and he was like no i dreamt about her first like i knew who she was before i went to recall so that's how i know she's real yeah it still doesn't exactly explain like why she was on the screen in recall unless he was like they were reading his thoughts or something in root quaid is attacked by men led by his colleague harry because quaid unknowingly revealed his past quaid's instincts take over and his and kills his assailants at home, he is assaulted by his wife, Lori, played by Sharon Stone, who is the woman in Basic Instinct. Assaulted by his wife, Lori, who claims she was assigned to monitor Quaid by, a- by the agency and their marriage is a false memory implant. He flees, but is pursued by armed men led by Richard, Cohagen's operative, and Lori's real husband. That's Michael Ironside. He's another Starship Troopers guy. Uh, a man who claims to be Quaid's former acquaintance gifts him a suitcase containing supplies and a video recording in which Quaid identifies himself as Hauser, a Cohagen ally who defected after falling in love. According to the recording, Cohagen brainwashed Hauser to become Quaid and conceal his secrets before securing him on Earth. Hauser instructs Quaid to return to Mars and stop Cohagen. Kind of the initial setup mm-hmm. of what will be the rest of the movie. Yeah. First act. About yeah, it's where the famous like "get your ass to Mars" comes from. What do you think of Arnold Schwarzenegger as an actor in general? Yeah, as a as a person, uh, I think he's fascinating. I think that his like story is pretty amazing. He seems like sort of a timeless <clears throat> archetype that has always existed, but he he is that alone. He he himself is Arnold Schwarzenegger. But, like, there's so many parodies of him, like, you know, in a, The Simpsons, The Wolf Castle, I think is his name. There's a version of him in Fairly Odd Parents. I'm sure there's many other just, like, parody versions of Schwarzenegger. And so for that reason, he feels like this larger-than-life thing. Uh, but he's, he's just Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's just, like, one guy who became, like, that influential. Mm-hmm. And became like the biggest movie star in the world and he's like from Austria and he like can't speak English like at all or he can't well there's like a there's like a joke that says like oh why is it that everyone can do an impression of Arnold Schwarzenegger but Arnold Schwarzenegger can't do an impression of someone doing an American accent <laughs> <laughs> but yeah he like can't speak English well and he's like the biggest like action star to like ever live yeah um, yeah and did it in a relatively short amount of time i love the guy growing up he was like very he seemed very influential like he was the governor of california yeah he did that for a for a a little little bit bit. and he the way he talked i didn't understand i don't know what austrian accents sound like nobody's just it's just german it's like kind yeah. of a, a, a Dutch accent. But just like out of context, which it always was. Like his voice was never in in context. It was just, here's this guy that sounds like this. Yeah. Um, it, I, like I guess every... I never really 
it never really registered to me that he had an accent, just that he talked that way. Yeah, that's sort of the weird thing about it. And I'm sure that has to do with us just being young when he was mm-hmm. already like a mega movie star. But even like the earlier movies, you know, they don't really address the fact that he sounds like that. In Jingle All the Way, one of my favorite movies, his name is like Howard. In fucking Kindergarten Cop, he has also just like a super like American name. It's like Joe. Just no no one ever questions like how this man is like extremely hulking, first of all, but also like he sounds like he's not from this country at all. But it it's sort of in universe in every movie that he's just some American guy. <laughs> That's funny. I actually want to go through his filmography and just to see if any of them like stand out as being like really weird. I'm like, is there one where he's just like playing like an FBI agent? He's like, I'm sure I am, I am red blooded American. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a fair number of his movies are like that. But I agree, I th- I'm I'm a big Arnold fan. This is one of the uh, earliest movies of his that I've seen. So really? He's much younger than I'm used to. He's still like, I mean, this is 90s. So this is like post a lot of Schwarzenegger stuff at this point. Because before this was like Terminator. When did T2 come out? Terminator 2 came out. 91 so the year after this that's crazy oh wow arnold arnold is, is busy this year would, would you do the recall procedure yourself would i do the recall procedure uh yeah, yeah. absolutely i have always said that i was a, a blue pill person <laughs> and i think and i think that this is the same exercise but temporary so it's even better than the blue pill thing right is that you can recall it sounds like it's just you know it's a dream you know it's it's only limited by your imagination but you have total control and like you can set basically a game save at the beginning of your dream Mm -hmm. and you pay like 300 credits to do so so that's like yeah that's like reasonable honestly it's the best vr experience that you could imagine and and you think it's real while it's happening that's the implication, yeah. I mean, that's how it works for Arnold, like where he, you know, he thinks he's married to Sharon Stone. Right. But I, I was a bit confused because they describe it in the movie as implanting a memory. Uh-huh. So I didn't know if that meant that, like, you never get to really experience it firsthand. You just, like, go to sleep and wake up and you're like, yeah, I went to I went to Fiji last summer. Yeah. And you have, like, some shit, like, some shaky memories to go along with it but i wasn't right. sure if you ever got to exp- actually experience it like in your mind well that's like a you're just sort of like breaking down what consciousness is now because like it, are we experiencing anything in real time or are are you just remembering that you experience something like that's I mean, i'm here in real time now i can't speak to any, any but are you just memories rem- are you just remembering though are you just remembering uh-huh. like what happened like five seconds ago or are you actually no, doing something? I'm in the now. See, you don't know. You just don't know. That's I, the, that's I, I just problem. wondered if it was like, because if you don't get to experience it, if you just wake up from the procedure with the with memories, that's way lamer. So like uh, the di- the difference being if we accept that we do experience things in real time, that it is like a dream and that you don't, wake up from a dream and like you just remember it you just at least to your own experience you have like a a period of time that passes where you experience the thing 
Like you experience a dream and then you rem- remember it. You don't just well, remember a dream. Well, what I'm saying is that it may just be like an implanted memory that like, I, I'm not saying that you have to dream it at all. Like I'm, I'm thinking, I'm picturing right now, just a, like going under anesthesia and like, you know, how you wake up immediately afterwards. Mm-hmm. So just that happens and a memory has been implanted. Yeah. The memory implant, they refer to that as what happened with his marriage. The recall thing that seems like they're implying that that is like an experience. It's a VR experience. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess that does clear it up for me because like, yeah, the, the wife thing is a recall, sorry, is like an implanted memory, an implanted fake memory because uh, they confirm in the movie that she's only been doing it for a couple of weeks, but the guy remembers a whole life. So, so there's been, yeah, like a rewriting of memories there. Yeah. I mean, um, that's what, uh, do you ever seen the sixth day? That's like a later Arnie movie. Mm-mm. It's about clones. You've not seen it? Nope. Uh, that one's really interesting. It's like, I think, pretty low fare Arnold Schwarzenegger, but like lots of fun. The idea is in that movie that someone makes a, cl- a clone of Arnold without his consent. And so there's a lot of, a big portion of the movie where he's trying to figure out if he's the clone of himself or if the other guy is because they both have they both are experiencing the world as if they're the original guy despite Mm -hmm. one of them having like artificially implanted memories so functionally there's like no difference between them and then that's just it's funny the movie is like dealing with like a a deeper question of uh, consciousness but it's just a stupid like 90s action movie there's like (laughs) no exploration of that question in like a, a fun way Oh yeah, it's, it's just and then like you just find out who premise. who the clone is at the end. Like you don't, it's like very conclusive. It's like oh, that's, that's funny. That, that guy's that the guy's real the... guy. They shoot the other one. They're like, <laughs> with no qualms. Yeah, uh, that one. That I have another philosophical question uh, for you. This probably doesn't apply to you as much because you don't have a pet. But in that movie, there is a service where you can clone your pet if your pet dies whether prematurely or just of natural causes, you know, you just clone your pet, have the exact same dog. Uh, um, I've heard of this in real life. I think, yeah, I was going to say, I think it's a real thing now. Yeah. I think it was more sci-fi when that movie came out. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, would you do that? Like, would you clone your dog? Oh, uh, yeah. That's a good question. You know, I, I, I'm, I have a memory that this brought up of something that I, I either read or watched. But it's a very cool related story. Fiction. Or maybe it was real. I like literally don't remember where this is from. It feels like an implanted memory. There you go. Dude. But the story is of like <laughs> this uh, farmer and it's their horses or cattle, bulls. I'm just going to say bull. And like it's this prized bull, like very valuable, great physical characteristics, whatever it is. And it dies. And so the farmer like has the clone made of it and raises it. And, uh, the, and it, huge emotional connection from like the farmer to the bull, like they were best friends or whatever, like the kind of person that would like really personify an animal, like and uh-huh. not that animals don't have personality or whatever, but like, you know, really getting into it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just thinking that this clone was going to be the same person, the same being. Right. And uh, this might've been this American life. But but it wasn't. It was like a different soul in that thing, and it didn't act in the same way. And I think it might have like injured the farmer, and it was very like, oh, difficult for the farmer to kind of 
come to terms with that. Like it felt like he was being betrayed by this friend, uh-huh. but also like he's struggling with the, the fact that it's not the same one. That's fascinating. And I, I think that I might be in the same boat hat if I had decided to clone my dog. Yeah. Um, it might be weird because it, it would I bring up those I, questions. I think ultimately that like in my um, state of emotional vulnerability, assuming that like, you know, the dog died and I miss the dog and I love my dog. So I'm certain that if there was an opportunity for me to resurrect them in some way that, uh, I would be so helpless to just say yes. And then ultimately like disappointed probably from whatever the result was. But I also, there's another part of me that also just thinks that like animals, like animals, like memories and like personalities are much like baser than ours. Mm-hmm. And there's like less, uh, risk of them deviating from whatever, yeah. from whatever that particular like set of circumstances and DNA created in the dog. I, I, I have more confidence that like a simple cloning procedure could replicate that versus like mm-hmm. a human. Sure. Who's, sure. Who's much more delicate. Would you do the recall? Let's uh let's assume that it's a it is a VR experience. You get to experience it, whatever oh, that yeah. means. You would do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there were some cool simulations. There was a secret agent one, of course, but there was like I think they're implying that there was like just straight up ones like you can go and just like do debauchery. Yeah. Just all the sex you want. Just anything. Yeah. Uh, I mean, sure. Not that I'm interested in it personally. I think anybody that would say something like, well, why not? You know, is morally uh, dubious. and (laughs) Dubious. Morally Uh suspect. But yeah, uh, I'd do it. I wonder I wonder sure. if they're like if you can do like supernatural stuff. I can't remember if that came across in the movie. Like do you think could I enter into a recall that was like where I could be Superman or God? I think so. I don't know if you're limited to limited to what they have prepared or not. Hmm. I mean, I guess it's just like a video game at that point. Yeah, it could be anything. It just doesn't seem like I mean, you can do that shit in your dreams, so why why wouldn't you be able to do it at recall? Oh, I'm just I came across a scene in the beginning where they're watching the TV on the wall. It's just like a single panel. It's the news. And then uh-huh. Sharon Stone like changes the channel to the nature channel. Right. And like the two squares next to it uh, turn on and it's like a super like wide screen. Yeah. Whole wall TV. That's so cool. I bet that just blew people's minds. Sort of similar to your theory about it being a simulation because um, it's really over the top is uh something similar has gone on in uh starship troopers there's like a theory or a take on it that the whole the entirety of starship troopers is like an ad or like a documentary or something because they have those you know those like breaks in between the movie where it it's like would you like to know more and uh-huh they like say some facts about the society and that movie is transparently it's supposed to be this like a verhoven like cast the people in starship troopers because they look like barbie and ken dolls they look like the most uh-huh. beautiful like fake people um and he purposely cast that main dude because he thought he was a really bad actor so that like enhanced the the whole idea of it being like false and like just a big uh performance 
uh-huh. and Total Recall, there's like uh, similar, like similar vibes. Like everything is so over the top, and so it feels like it could be some sort of other thing, like a recall memory might be. Um, and then similar to the main character, yeah. Starship Troopers, Arnold Schwarzenegger is sort of this like completely like unrealistic looking person that yeah. like his his whole presence in the movie it might be one of the few cases where the movie is subtly is acknowledging it but it can go both ways you know because he might look like that because the whole movie is this weird recall thing or he might look like that uh because he really is a secret agent and he wouldn't fit in there's that scene like in the beginning where he's like on the construction site and he's working like the jackhammer where he's just really jiggling Chickling. yes his muscles are just like he's just on a construction site and he's supposed to be just some like regular dude but he's clearly like the the strongest man alive in this scene like there's a muscles scene in that, conan the, the barbarian which he's also in i've i think i saw that when i was a kid but it's been a long time but i know what it's conan also is. for me it's also a kid memory but there's a scene in the beginning where like i think he's a slave uh-huh I, I think he starts out and everybody's like doing the slave labor, just lifting rocks, very simple kind of kind of labor. And he's like super buff and he's like lifting way more rocks than anybody else. Everybody else is like very thin. And yeah, it doesn't like make any sense, eaten. right? It's like, why are you that huge? If you're just like a construction worker or a slave or In that my mind, I was like, oh, it's because he's working out all the time. But then I'm like, well, he's not getting fed. Well, so is everyone else by that logic. Everyone should I, be the only super thing I can think of. I think that everybody gave their food to Arnold so that he <laughs> could become like the one strongest. Yeah. Develop a champion. That's an interesting strategy. If you're if you ever find yourself in sort of a captive situation, you like pool your food to one guy so he can get bigger than everyone else and free everyone. Yeah. You, cre- you create your messiah with gruel. What a fun thought. So is this guy like with the, the government? You know, the bad people? It's the agency, yeah. That's what it goes on to say, at least. So, th- so he this kills must him. be like another... Right, right. So he must not be a real construction worker guy. His friend. That's the idea. Yeah. Just another implanted... Another character. implanted memory or, yeah, someone to keep an eye on him. What did I think of what? Uh, the turban, the wrapping the wet towel around his head. It's pretty funny. Uh, it's very like, I wanted to p- point this out, uh, but on the turban thing, I think it's deliberately supposed to kind of look funny. looks very like yeah, tinfoil yeah. tin, tin hat kind of exactly. conspiracy theorist. Exactly. On Mars, Quaid evades Richard and following a note from Hauser travels to Venusville, a district populated by humans and those mutated by air pollution and radiation. He meets Melina, the woman from his dreams, who knows he is Hauser and believes he is still working for Cohagen. In his hotel room, Quaid is confronted by Lori and Dr. Edgmar. Edgar? Edgmar. Believing he is real, kills him. Quaid is captured by Richard's men, but Melina rescues him and Quaid kills Lori. The pair escape with taxi driver Benny to Venusville. Some good scenes here. That taxi driver was a favorite of mine. Pretty standout, like in my memory of this movie. It feels like it's something, like I've seen it in other things, too. It's kind of an uncanny robot taxi driver. Oh, I'm talking about the human tra- taxi driver. Oh, not the uh, the uh, 
animatronic one. That's maybe earlier in the movie. Yeah, the taxi driver, the I got five kids to feed guy. It's funny. Um, Who's also a mutant. This is like a contemporary, a contemporary issue. The automated versus like taxi driver interests. You know, they're, they're head to head in conflict. Mm-hmm. And so we had a little bit of that in this movie where yeah. he Arnold like asked him, like, why, why wouldn't I just take the robot? And he says, I have five mouths to feed. I think it was a competition between him and another taxi driver. They're sort of like, but maybe there was some another automated one, but it was on Mars. I think that's the difference. The robot one, taxi drivers on Earth. And then the human uh, ones are on Mars. And then when you get off the space shuttle, all the taxi drivers like swarm you like uh, salespeople. They're like, take my cab, take my cab. Like you, like what happens in other countries. Like uh happened to me when I went to that, the, to Mexico in um, Cancun. Oh yeah. In the Yucatan. Uh, yeah. I forgot that you did that. What happened? Like someone just a lot of taxis or. Yeah, yeah, just like you get out of the airport and it's like a whole scene. There's like vendors and it's like tourism is just the lifeblood of that community. It's like we're the cash cow. Yeah. And uh you get treated so nice. Yeah. Because of it. I uh I remember having that experience when I went to Cancun. It was like not hard to get a ride uh at all. And then um... it saved me because uh when I had to leave to come back from the trip and get to the airport at like at like a terrible time, like a uh, middle of the night, like three, four a.m. or something. Mm-hmm. And I was trying Uber, and I couldn't. It would, wouldn't get anybody for me. Oh, does Uber not operate in internationally? They operate. It just they do, they do. Oh, but it turns out it's not the most common thing there because they have such a strong yeah. Um, because there's lots of people that'll do it outside of Uber. Mm-hmm. Like the main thing there, it seems like, is that you know kind of like small business style people will just get their cards to different businesses like a hotel mm-hmm. and then the hotel has like a rolodex of cards and if anybody needs a ride ride they'll call yeah like using those sounds um, better honestly yeah yeah sounds a lot better. better and that's what saved me like i was able to call somebody and they were awake driving um, right. and they picked me up And like they have their own kind of, they have like Telegram channels or or like WhatsApp groups Uh Uh of all these taxi drivers. Um, And so there's able, they're able to coordinate among themselves. Like I saw, like while we were getting a ride, he was getting a phone call, our driver, um, Uh and obviously he was busy with us. So I saw him like text and call other people and like got that person taken care of. So it's like like a whole like self-assembling economy. Yeah. Like that. Uh, that guy turns out to be a mutant. The taxi driver. Do you remember that? He has a third arm. Oh, that's right. And then he turns on them at the end. Yeah. Dies. Yeah. Do you feel like this guy is sort of like a like a black uh, stereotype from like 80s movies? Like kind of Jim Crow, funny, like person of color, subordinate character? Sure. Seems like that's sort of like the archetype that he's fulfilling. And he turns out to be I, a bad I mean, guy. Sure. So that sucks. I, I looked it up, and uh, it's not a third arm. It's just like that one of his arms has like it's like this weird ET arm that like oh, yeah. folds out, and he just has like a fake, regular looking hand that attaches to it on his like elbow or something, right? Because his real arm I, is like I, twice as long. 
there, there might even be like a second joint in there like a yeah second elbow yeah. yeah it's pretty gnarly and it's like this he has like a see-through part in his uh arm yeah like in the middle the great mut- special effects the mutants lead them to a hidden rebel base where quaid meets their leader quato a mutant growing out of the abdomen of his brother george quato psychically reads quaid's mind learning that cohagen is hiding a 500,000 year old alien reactor built into a mountain that once activated produces breathable air, but could also destroy all uh, turbinium, fake element, ending Cohagen's monopoly over the, over both resources. Benny shoots George. Cohagen's forces attack the base, killing the rebels. Quato implores Quaid to start the reactor before Richard executes him. Cohagen disables Ven- Venusville's air supply to slowly suffocate the remaining inhabitants. What a terrible way to die! Mm-hmm. Just like running out of air open your mind open your open. mind so good and he unlocks his memories i guess yeah you kind of forget that like he is a he's like a secret agent like his alternate like uh identity is a secret agent but that that identity is like a bad guy remember like the big reveal at the end that like schwarzenegger comes back up on the screen and he's like <laughs> i'm you and i'm actually like evil and there's that like he was so mean he's like haha i tricked you he's like re- like really over the top about it it's really like something a crazy person would do right like i'm gonna record this video that i'm gonna watch later and i'm like making fun of myself really weird and meta it's like i'll be so pure and moral and i'm just like totally gonna fuck with myself and betray that me and I'm gonna laugh when it happens. I'm gonna be yeah. like, oh, I'm like evil laughing. Yeah, yeah. But what's really funny to me is like this frame right here. Like he goes <laughs> through the whole monologue explaining like what the whole master plan was, and then like Cohagen uh, is just like standing off frame, like waiting <laughs> to do the big reveal. Like the they sort of produced the video a little bit, anticipating this like moment where they'd show it to Quaid. They'd be like, and then like. We should zoom the camera out and then you'll just like walk in and then he'll like understand what's going on. And they're having a blast. Yeah, yeah. Look at their smiles. (laughs) It's like. Yeah. They're like really satisfied with punking him. It's like slow Friday office energy. They're Mm -hmm. like, let's fuck around. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) We didn't talk about the three boob lady. Oh, yeah. I was going to bring that up. Bring it up. What's your your thoughts on that? What do you think of that? What do you think about that? Look at that stuff, man. Oh, just like just like two. Horny guys trying to pretend that they're not. They're just like, what do you, what do you think of those three boobs? So it was kind of interesting. Uh, it was kind of interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's like pretty iconic. I don't think it was meant to be iconic, but it kind of turned out to be because I, I think that the three boob lady is in the remake. I've never seen the remake, but I'm pretty certain that she's in there. Ah, it's the one with Colin Farrell. Did you ever see that or hear about it? No, no, I found out about it after watching this. I never saw it. I got an article here from the New York Post. Meet the three-boobed woman. and uh, It's a real person? Yeah, it looks like it. I'm looking at some pictures here. Woman has spent 20000 on surgery to get a third breast. Wow, so it's artificial. Was it related to Total Recall, you think? This woman, like, see Total Recall, and she's like, that's, that's the goal. That's what I want to do. Uh, let's see, let's see. Oh, here's something interesting. A line says, last month she posted a YouTube video of herself in a bikini while Radiohead 
Radiohead's Creep plays in the background. Interesting. And I'm watching that video, and that's what it is. Verified. Man, I saw a clip the other day of like Tom York in some interview where he was just like, this is like an old one. And he's like, Creep is about, he says in his, in his accent, Creep, Creep's about. And then he just sort of like spaces off, and he's like, well, that thought's gone. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. This woman says, my whole dream is to get this show on MTV, she said. I'm dumping every penny I have into this. If this doesn't work, <laughs> I'm through. Man. I got it because I wanted to make myself unattractive to men because I don't want to date anymore. That's what it says? My mom ran out the door. She won't talk to me. She won't let my sister talk to me. My dad, he really isn't happy. <laughs> he really isn't happy. Oh, here we go. Total recall. Um, some have it's, criticized okay. her. Others have described her as beautiful and commented that she reminds them of total recall. There you go. I don't think it's unattractive. It doesn't sound like it's as unattractive. Like, I mean, the way that she says, like, I did this to make myself unattractive kind of sounds like Tommy Wiseau saying that he made the room a comedy on purpose. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, did you mean that or did I? are you just playing along with the circumstances? Okay. Wade and Melina are brought to Cohagen, who explains Hauser was a close friend who volunteered to become Quaid as an elaborate ruse to bypass the mutant's psychic abilities. I forgot about this. That's the whole reason. Oh, that... that's the reason. Yeah. 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 Uh, bypass... It doesn't really matter, I guess, too much, really. Like, I don't think like the movie thinks it really matters. No. Um, I do. Like, I the, did... the, the real plot of the movie doesn't really matter. I do like how the sort of surface appearance of cleverness that is, though. I like... um. If you were going to like infiltrate like psychic mutants, like rebel force, the best way to do it would have just be like a guy who has no idea who he is doing it. But the evil version of Arnold had a relationship with this dream woman. Yeah, I think that she was like just a prostitute. That was my impression that they had like just a regular sort of arrangement, but like no real, I don't know. Because she's like straight up like in the resistance, I, I think. Like all, all the mutants are. Right. And seems like he was already seems like he already infiltrated the movement. Maybe. Yeah. I didn't really thought I don't about get that. It. I don't but, I don't even know if it's supposed to make sense. Yeah. <laughs> seems like Arnold could have just like worked that angle. Like he already had the in with yeah, the yeah. mutants. Well to I begin think with. that well yeah, maybe just like not yet. knowing who he was probably hurt him more than helped him. Well, uh, maybe he just hadn't made it far enough to where, like, the psych, like, he would encounter anybody who, like, would psychically sniff, sniff him out. Maybe I guess he was didn't. just, just oh. getting it started. Maybe, got like, it, it, yeah. maybe getting involved with her was, like, a way to establish familiarity with her so that, like, uh -huh. he ultimately could return and, and go. Because Arnold knows who she is, like, from the very beginning. It's, like, the one thing that he retained from his former life. Got it. But they don't know his real identity. Nobody does. I think that's the, the idea. Yeah. I see. Quaid's recall visit had activated activated him earlier than planned, and Cohagen has been helping him to survive the oblivious rich, uh, richer approach. Richter. Richter. Richter pursuit. Cohagen orders Hauser, uh, Hauser's memories to be restored in Quaid and Melina to be programmed as his subservient lover. But they managed to escape to the mines below the reactor. Benny and Richter, Richter, maybe it is, <laughs> and his men attack them. But the pair outwits and kills all of them. 
I don't have much reaction to that part. Uh, one <laughs> There's thing, a whole alien angle. Yeah, all we the didn't, underground stuff. Yeah, we didn't talk about that yet. What do you think about? That's like the one thing I always forget in this movie is that there's mm-hmm. aliens and that not only is there aliens, but like they uh, existed like millions of years ago and built like this giant reactor on, on Mars. I, I get this movie confused with there's another movie that's pretty old um, where like the whole premise is that there's ancient alien civilization long dead on Mars. I feel like Have you ever seen that describing... picture of Mars where it's it's like a this is a real thing, but there's like a land formation on Mars that looks like a face. Yeah. Just like two circles and that's also like, in Starfield. You know, that thing. Yeah. That thing. Oh, cool. Nice, nice. But that's in the movie. It's that's about so Mars. Stupid. I mean, specifically, it's... it's not like Yes. Okay. Yeah. There's lots of ancient alien stuff. One of my favorites is Alien versus Predator. Nice, nice. I do like that one. Uh, or the world is ancient aliens because they they were oh, underground yeah, the whole that's time. That's right. That one's cool. The Thing is technically ancient aliens. Remember that? The Thing. Yeah, there's aliens in the movie. The things are aliens. The Thing is an alien that has been in the ice for like um, millions of years or whatever because they uh, they dig up its flying saucer at the very beginning of the movie. I missed it. Like the first time I saw it, I just forgot about that. But at the very beginning, there's like a flying saucer they dig up in the ice. Cohagen awaits uh, them in yeah. the reactor room, claiming that activating it will destroy the planet. He sets off an, explo- an explosive, but Quaid throws it down a tunnel, creating a breach in the Martian surface. The explosive decompression blows Cohagen out of the surface where, where he suffocates and dies. Quaid activates the reactor before he and Molina are also blown out. The reactor melts the planet's ice core into gas that bursts out of the surface, forming breathable, forming a breathable atmosphere, saving Quaid, Molina, and the rest of the Mars population. As everyone beholds the now blue sky, there it is, Quaid momentarily wonders if everything was a dream before he and Molina kiss. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was very... The blue sky. I, I remember that now at the end. But why did that person put the parenthetical there? Because I, I don't like remember. I, I was looking something. at that scene. What they're when they said were. like that he's getting marketed to to go to Mars, and that should no blue skies. Blue sky. But I can't figure out where that's supposed to be, and or if it's even there. I have a question. Can we can we establish that the part of the movie before he goes to the recall office to to get the procedure done? is like verifiably real world sure yeah anything after that is is suspect like it could be that it was all a dream after that but before it's yes i think that i think that that's a safe assumption yeah the wife exists the co-worker exists they may or may not be agency operatives but they're there right i mean i'm sure you could extrapolate further but like for the sake of just the text of the movie i think that that's the right assumption i really like this screen the graph oh wait the the graph i i I wanted to read this because i missed it the first time fatalities versus years shuttle recall (laughs) (laughs) it's like the idea is that it's way safer (laughs) to do recall than flying but there were some fatalities they didn't increase but they were they were there yeah yeah some fatalities and the grass the, the graph has no units on it so there's no way to tell like how dramatically different they are the question is whether it's cumulative. So was there just like 10 fatalities on year zero? And so that's just a constant bar. Or is across? it like one every year? Yeah, 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 yeah. Every year we lose a few. Why has shuttle become less and less safe over time? That's like the real question. Higher density space travel, maybe? 
as Mars becomes newly colonized. That'd be my guess. Fashion's pretty cool. Feels like a little unconventional. Like even his yeah, it's just His a little here seems kind of normal, but it's a little bit cooler. Yeah, it's just like a little kind of near future. It's like for the 80s near future or I guess the 90s in this case. But that's I always like the near future uh, fashion stuff in movies because yeah, it's not like ultra sci fi fashion like Star Wars or everything just looks weird and different. It's just it kind of looks like what we wear, but just a little weirder. I remember that being a big thing with um, her. Remember her? The movie? Oh, yeah. Love um, that movie. We watched that together. He has like really high waisted pants, and they kind of called yeah. it. I, that is kind of what a Gen Z likes is like pants that look like the pants that he wears in that movie. Yeah, like, it's pretty cool. That one was like pretty accurate. It had it was like uh, Gen Z from the waist down and millennial from the waist up. That mm-hmm. character. Yeah, that that fashion in that movie was like really cool. We could learn more from it. Even I, I feel like we could, if we could move towards that exact aesthetic. Yeah. What do you? I I think I kind of agree with you, but I'm curious as to what what your reasoning is for that. It's my exact style. I've never watched a movie where every piece of clothing I would wear. That's a ref. That's a ref. I just did a, a reference to a sketch from uh, that Tim Robinson show. I think you should leave. Yeah, yeah. The shirt sketch, the crazy oh, yeah. pattern shirts. Um, I've never been in a store before where every piece of clothing I would wear. <laughs> That's my exact style. Uh, but yeah, that movie is my exact style. Okay. Uh, I remember I remember the whole aesthetic being pretty cool. I, I'm sure it has like a name, like a uh-huh. like near future punk or whatever. But I remember feeling similar about the fashion. But it was also like it was very s- similar to the fashion of like the year that it came out, which was probably like 2015 or something, 2014. Yeah, just like like the iconic shirt from the movie, that color. Yeah, Great. nice and bright. Um, th- This is a kind of dress shirt that I prefer where I don't know how to describe it, but the fabric feels like it's kind of thicker and heavier. It's an Oxford shirt. Oxford shirt. Yeah. But yeah, it looks like it's just some nice uh, cotton button up shirt. The high-waisted pants. Sure, remember his job? It's like greeting cards like, or something? Yeah. Isn't, isn't that all it is? It's just writing greeting cards? Right, right. But, I don't know, they made it seem like it's a, like a not uncommon thing in this world. Uh-huh. Like, it's like getting flowers. It's like, oh, I'll, I'll go to this service and get the custom greeting card. Or they're like, people use oh, this guy right. for it's, everything. It's like, it's not just writing greeting cards. It's that, like, someone commissions reading cards for like Uh personalized yeah got it and he like knows about their lives like there's a scene where he's like straight up writing like a love note almost this is what i remember but like writing like a very personal love note Mm -hmm. uh, with life details that's the whole idea right is that he like has to like emulate this emotion that's sort of lacking in his own really lonely life like it's this nice like juxtaposition of the super lonely guy but he like has to write things for people who are deeply in love do you so ever- well cast too i mean joaquin phoenix just sells that person to me like he is that person yeah I mean, he's good at that in general do you remember what the computer looked like what scarlett johansson's character looked like uh, the computer itself no i remember the uh the operating system it's like the same color palette that we're looking at here, oh. like kind of pinkish red. But I, I was bringing up Windows 8 earlier because I feel like this was right at the renaissance of 
uh, minimalist uh, UX design with yeah. operating systems. So like when Windows 8 came out, it was all flat and sleek and it moved more like Macs did. And then I think the Windows phone came out shortly after that. And then the idea of like cross um, cross device operating systems, it could work on both. Probably around when like Chromebooks were getting big too. So I just remember really liking uh, the aesthetic of what you see on the screen because it mimicked like what mm-hmm. was popular in UX at the time. And it's still like, it's a little transcendent now because it doesn't look like any real operating system. It's just like a, its own movie thing. Yeah, I like that. Do you ever think it's weird when you see like computers in movies and like a hacker movie or something and there's like software that just like doesn't exist? I think of like when a character like opens like a dossier folder or something on a computer and it just like spits out these really like sci-fi looking like HUD sort of windows. And it's just like, here's all the information about this character and all of like the the windows and the borders and the controls look super like sci-fi. They don't look like any real operating system in the world. Yeah. And like, I, I, I get the idea that that's supposed to make it look cooler, but I feel like that's always just taken me out of movies. I think I generally don't like that. What do you think? Cause I feel, I feel like this is something that you would pay attention to. Well, I think if it's done badly, like I think it's probably done badly more often than not, but I think when it's done well, it can be very immersive if it looks like realistic and it looks like believable as a yeah and functional if it doesn't look like it's just like all gimmicky her does it well i think yeah it looks like a real computer system and yeah. they have a lot of stuff like uh the i don't know watches and stuff i forget what else but they have a lot of technology in that movie a lot of and it all felt believable some of their tech is like pretty close to like what we have now the one the one thing that i wish that we did adopt from that movie is the the size of the phone. Do you remember that? His Were phone... they big or? No, they're small. They're like half the size of like a deck of cards. Think of like a cigarette case. Ah, cool, cool. And uh, they flip open. So we do have like a, we went back to like the flip phone. So that's, we, we're almost there. But that right, one, right. It, the phone in this movie, it looks more like a piece of jewelry than it does like, an electronics thing like it looks like a fancy like cigarette holder from like the, the 60s yeah and then, um, i wish we could have that aesthetic and then the uh earpiece that he wears is uh that's like the other component it's like the main ways that he interacts with his phone is like an airpod and like this little phone and like the i remember at the time when that movie came out that the size an earpiece like being that size like a wireless one was definitely sci-fi and now that's like pretty normal really yes in like 2014 yeah i mean it wasn't like uh like inconceivable like it was definitely like coming down the road but it was not Uh like readily available at that time Mm. that was like a weird piece of like fancy tech in that movie great movie anyways uh let's wrap up this total recall Stop talking about other movies. Last paragraph. Cohagen awaits them in the reactor control room, claiming that... Ac- oh, wait. No, this was... I already read the last paragraph. Never mind. We've concluded okay. the synopsis. <laughs> and goodbye. Good night. What do you think about the uh, reactor where it has that big switch? You know, uh-huh. and you put... That's how you turn it on. He did, he did like that. 
he does this thing with his hands because the aliens have three fingers, three big fingers. I like I like that little detail that you never see the aliens. You never even see like a, a depiction of them in, in any form. Except for that one uh handprint thing. Uh-huh. Like that's the only clue you has have as to what the, the aliens look like. But I just think it's funny that it works. That if you just put your human hand in there and you just kind of roughly take up the space that's supposed to be there for an alien hand it'll still work as intended my theory is that if you just like put your fist into it and just pushed it would have worked like it's like it's not that advanced of like an input device it really is just like a button which sort of like defeats i mean i guess like the way that it's shaped as the button like there's there would be no reason for that if that's how it worked but it does look cool so maybe it's an aesthetic choice on the on the aliens part it's sort of like we should have that in real life like a thing that has the shape of a hand uh like negative shape of a hand and you just put your hand in it yeah it reminds me of like um do you remember those novelty pedals for like cars i think that magic school bus had one where it looks like a foot like you can swap out like a gas pedal that looks just like a a foot oh so yeah, yes, I've certainly have seen this. That uh, what we're talking about with this alien hand button reminds me of that. Because like an alien saw like the foot pedal, the foot pedal foot, they would be like, "This is specific to like human anatomy, and like you have to put like a human foot on this yeah, thing yeah, yeah. for it to work." They're like, "I'm a tentacle monster." <laughs> yeah, this is this isn't made for me. But yeah, loved loved the movie overall. I liked how goofy and not very serious it was i just let it i was just along for the ride ultimately yeah man i'll give it seven out of ten. Seven what seven seven numbers out of ten numbers yeah <laughs> i'm sidestepping the okay. the ranking system okay oh another fun fact about the about the movie that i looked up while well, i was looking up a little bit about the director's life verhoven mm-hmm. found out that he was like educated uh as a a physicist and mathematician in school he went like a little bit past just a bachelor's degree i'm not exactly sure how they do it over there he's like from the netherlands um, and actually when and he's super old and so actually Mm -hmm. when he was alive he was like i don't know a handful of years old he has memories of uh the fact that his his childhood home was uh in the netherlands during world war ii and it was during the time that the nazis had occupied it and actually, like, he lived really close to, like, where they were doing uh, V2 rocket launches. That's nuts. Uh, and it's, it yeah, says that, from, like... He's from Amsterdam, was born in 1938. Yeah. So, yeah. Isn't that crazy? Right then. So, he he was, mm-hmm. uh, like, six or something. So, that's right on the cusp. Okay. So, I give Total Recall 10 out of 10 quados. Nice. Sure. This movie, like, absolutely fucking rocks. Like, I remember watching it as a kid and just, like loving the uh dumb arnold schwarzenegger action and now as an adult i'm like trying to figure it out but like i can still i can do that and look at the woman with three boobs at the same time like Mm -hmm. it it does like both things for me activates my eight brain and my other one oh big thing thanks for listening film hole is produced by just us Myself and Raul. Our music is by W, that's underscore the word double and two U's. Get Filmhole wherever you listen to podcasts. If you like it, rate it. 
If you hate it, maybe don't. Thanks again. See you next time.